Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s look and try to find love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. How are you doing this sexy Friday night, you guys? Here we are together, not on dates, Mm -hmm. but talking about dates, talking about love, talking about all sorts of stuff. Because you know what they say, those who cannot do, teach. Why get warm under the covers when you can get warm with the waveforms that our voices are providing to you currently? Under your headphones. Kyle, how are you? You look good tonight. Well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing good, question mark, upward inflection. I don't know. I'm doing fine. (laughs) Well, I hate, this is my personality. I hate when people ask me how I am because then it makes me feel like so super... Uh, self-conscious, like, are you asking me because I don't look good? What, 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 what is their ulterior motive here? I thought I was doing okay. <laughs> Some people just care. Don't let it overwhelm you. Don't let it overwhelm you. Why don't we get into the relationship scorecard? Here we go. Kyle, why, sure. don't you, uh, why don't you go first? Because I have a notepad and paper out so that I can keep better track of all of the mans that you are juggling. So why don't you just take it from wing commander because we left off with me telling (laughs) you, you have to text this guy and then we didn't wrap around back to it at the end of the episode. So it's been, it's been a week. Um, What, what, Mm -hmm. what say you, where are we at? So building off of that, sometimes, yes, it does feel like if you're a lover of fantasy fiction of high fantasy fiction, you'll know that normally at the end of those like tomes of novels, They will usually have both one, a glossary, to tell you how to pronounce certain words and house names and people, but they'll also sometimes have like these flow charts, like this is how everyone Mm -hmm. is interconnected to each other. Anyways, Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say is I'm providing that for everyone who's listening out there so (laughs) you can kind of keep track about what wild (laughs) fancies my my dating life is going on. Wing Commander (laughs) has not responded. He that is not dick. the father. I feel like I'm on Maury, but... That dick. <laughs> okay, fine. We give him a name and everything. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Like, to be brutally honest, I was not getting a really deep connection with them. So while we did enjoy some, like, fun, sexy times here a couple of weeks ago, that was nice. It was fun. But I still, like, even when our conversations right beforehand, it just didn't... Nothing was ever, like, sparking and... And, and seemingly leading anywhere. So this might be just one of those things where it was fun for a time, but uh, not for a long time. He's a rocking chair. What he does that you, mean? He gives you something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. Like a merry-go-round. Or a rocking chair. Because uh, I'm four, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm 80. There's been other things, so give it to us all. Well, there's... Okay, so here's... Let me fill you in on this. This is... this. Oh God. This feels like a soap opera now at this point. So... Once again, I found myself in the pit of despair, Jen. I was sitting here on a Wednesday afternoon, and I was like, ugh, nothing's working out for me. Everyone hates me. I can't do this anymore. And then I was like, and Jen's going to ask me on this episode this week, and she's going to be like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. Big old fat zero. So I had this brainwave of like, well, maybe I should be looking for experiences rather than just looking for specific people or trying to go after specific people because what makes great content in an audio medium but stories and telling people like this is can you believe this thing happened so i was introduced 
I think on TikTok, because I'm spending more time over there. I'm basically TikTok famous, if you don't know. Yeah. And, Those of you um, who have been following the eight views that we get on our TikTok, that's Kyle right. is TikTok famous. Yeah. Basically TikTok famous. And it feels like what happens for some people out there, both men and women, their strategy for Tinder specifically is they pick up their phone and they just swipe right to everyone. They just what? keep swiping right. Keep swiping right. Keep swiping right. You'll grab all your matches of the people who, who are matching with you, and then you filter from there. <laughs> kind of a jerk move, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Because you're going to notify someone that you've matched and then automatically unmatch with them. So I was like, fine. <laughs> like, blindfold my eyes. I'm just going to swipe right. I didn't just actually put a blindfold on. You're just watching I'm a just... <laughs> film, just swiping right. Got it. Okay. That's right. All right. But I get... My, I get in my head. I don't know if you notice this, Jen, but sometimes I get into my own head sometimes. <gasps> you and don't then start to like say. freak out. You don't yeah. say. Refer back to you when I had a meltdown when you asked me how my week was. <laughs> I want to tell you, Jen, I swiped right on 50 people in succession and did not get a single match. And then I shut the app down and was like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is this is not fun. Kyle, that happens. That happens. That happens. I've had spells like that too, where I'm swiping right and no one's swiping back. And then I have times where I'm just hot. I'm hot. I'm hot selectively mm -hmm. for the time. You can't, you can't get down on yourself like that. You can't. It's just place and time. Trust yourself and trust those little shorts. <laughs> maybe I should get longer shorts. Maybe that's the key. Or maybe you should get shorter shorts. But sometimes, Jen, when the universe closes an app, it opens up group sex because what happened? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We're having that put on a shirt, by the way, when, it, when, when God closes an app, he opens group sex. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh God. Go the ahead. Catholics are in on this with me there. They know, mm -hmm. they know. Mm -hmm. I want to be very careful here because <laughs> now I want to reveal want to too much information. But let's put it this way. Somebody that I know over a decade ago, let's put it that way, over a decade ago. So for those of you listening that think that that's some sort of code, he is not talking about me. Like someone is, is not me. I am not affiliated with wherever this story is going. And I'll just warn you guys, <laughs> I'm coming into Correct. this the same way that Kyle, like you're, you're in it to win it with me here. Go ahead. Someone that you used to know. Someone that I used to work with who we used to have like a flirtatious relationship with one another, but it never, it never really went anywhere. It was always kind of like this weird thing where they were dating somebody and then I was unavailable because I'm emotionally unstable back in my uh, late to mid twenties. This was never a match. And so she, this is a she, I should have been, I should have been upfront with that. We've been talking here for the last few months, actually we reached back out started up a conversation started i should say started by kind of a message out of the blue that was like i'm paraphrasing here but it was essentially hey i know this is gonna sound really weird and awkward and i apologize but i did have a sex dream about you the other night <gasps> anyways that's how she opened up and, I've, and we've been kind of communicating back and forth and what did you reply back with did you just drop a pin Oh, I, I just, I just responded, lol, and then left Ugh. it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> did you just drop a pin to your location? That's what you did, right? Just tell us all. That's well, no, what you did. They are in. They are married. Okay, they are a married okay. person. 
Okay. So I was trying to play this pretty arm's length. It's like, okay, like, I mean, great. <laughs> I'm very flattered. That's the first time anyone has ever said that they've had any type of sexual response to me. So that's that, that was nice. <laughs> okay. It's a little hard on yourself, but okay. So very long, convoluted story short. It gets to a point where they no pressure but this is something that i've always wanted to pursue and we never had a chance to would you be interested with me and my husband to come and join us in a group setting and have sexual uh fantasies come true oh my god and i said sure let's try it out and so that's going to happen sometime in the next week <laughs> coming to you next week live on the podcast Kyle has she'll a probably be next weekend so it won't be next episode it'll be the episode following but are you yes excited? that is are you excited I, no i'm actually kind of freaking out in, in a weird sort of way because i uh am always so afraid of disappointing one person let alone two so this is something that i'm <laughs> increasingly becoming nervous about kyle you have to go in there confident because you're there to fulfill fantasies you have to go in there confident the thing that I'm actually the most nervous about, and I actually want to have more of a conversation when the three of us are there, I am not here to like break up a marriage or be like the fallback or any, any of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? If this is just like, hey, we want to explore this, cool. But I'm actually not wanting this to get messy, which I have a, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that this is going to get messy and I'm yeah, not but, really wanting that to happen. Yeah, but Kyle, that's not your conversation. You don't belong in that conversation. You belong in the sex, but you don't belong in that conversation. That conversation between what does this do to a marriage is between uh, the people who are married. That's not your conversation. Mm. I should also point out too, from, from what she has said, so I can only take this on faith that she is being truthful. They have done this before in the past. So this is not like so I'm not go. the first person that this is going to be You're a just thing a with. guest star. <laughs> <laughs> and potentially if it goes well in a reoccurring role. I get the Anne title at the end of That's the right. uh, movie credits. Starring Kyle Marshall as Thrupple Man. So yeah, I'll report back to you here in a couple of weeks and seeing how that goes. That's going to be like a, a one night of fun sort of thing and not going to be fun an for ongoing you. thing. But what are you going to wear? Nothing but a thong, Jan. I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. Probably a tasteful hoodie. <laughs> Some lounge socks. This <laughs> week really tall socks just promise me you'll do, have do you know in the socks. 70s how like every man had like those little weird like stirrups for their socks like, so they wouldn't <laughs> yes. like fall down i'll be wearing yes. those actually okay, yeah that sounds like sounds great little sock garters sounds great sounds great mm -hmm. well my update by counterbalance sounds quintessentially less exciting it actually sounds downright domesticated oh good because you're still with jesus yeah um it's circling the drain <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yep. Um, struggling with Jesus. I'm feeling like it's becoming kind of a mess. And you know me, Kyle. Mm. I hate a mess. I hate a mess. I can't tolerate a mess. I just feel like I said this last week. I feel like I'm, I'm, I've arrived in this relationship. I feel like I'm supposed to have arrived in this relationship, but I feel like I mm -hmm. have arrived at the wrong time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, I think you've mentioned this here in the past already where. There's compatibility there, but they need to actually go through the ending process of another relationship or another set of things. And it's just like, you're not, you don't need to be in that situation at the same time. 
Yeah. I mean, like we're both super pragmatic people in this relationship. I think outside this relationship, we're emotional basket cases, but with each other, you know, we're, (laughs) we're pretty pragmatic. And so I had this moment on the, on, uh, on the weekend last weekend when I was sitting on the stairs and uh, sitting on the stairs of Jesus's house. Of course, for those of you listening for the first time, this would be Jesus, the man that I'm dating that looks strikingly like Jesus. I'm not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I was just sitting on his steps because they kind of, they kind of are parallel to the kitchen and he was grilling or he was, you know, cooking some steaks and we were just kind of having a, just a really great chat. And one of the things that we had talked about was like how, how there really was a thought when we got together that there was like, I would call it equality of momentum. Like I was ready to explore Mm. something and so was he. And now like the end of his last relationship is, it's just stalling. It's just not going well. This former partner just really can't kind of let go and, and move forward. And there's, you know, two kids involved and it's just, it presented itself for so long to not be messy. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's messy now like, you know, my views on relationships, like you love someone and then it ends and you continue to love that person, but you transfer that love as a partner into the love of them as a teacher on your journey of finding the next thing. I'm just kind of pragmatic about that. I, and I have a right to be angry in relationships. People always challenge me and say like, well, you, if you would have gone through what I went through, well, you did choose to love that person. And I've been through some shit. My last relationship was absolutely bullshit in the end. And the hurt and the magnitude of that hurt was so great and so grand and so all-encompassing. But I'm just not going to be this confrontational, cantankerous, let me create a problem to prove that my feelings are valid kind of person. And when I see something that is unfinished, which is how I would define this business, I'm just like, where's the exit? So I feel this duality of like, this is a cool thing that's going on, but it's going to be messy. And I just don't like messy. And I said something Mm. the other day. I said, like, my last relationship was the hard relationship. I'm done with the hard relationship. Now I want the good relationship. And somebody just like laughed right in my face and was like, well, you think all relationships are going to be easy or hard. They're all hard. We we do these things not because they are simple, but because they are hard. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think JFK said that. I think they were going to the moon or Starbucks or somewhere. You know, I'm the last person on the planet to see the new Spider-Man movie. And -hmm. I went to go see it. And of course, it's all about the multiverse and how the same situation iterates in in multiple universes. And obviously, I don't believe that that's true on the, the, uh, I just don't believe in the theory of time that way. Well, of course, you're... You're with Jesus, one and <laughs> yeah, only savior. Only, yeah, so. the one and only. And so, but I do think like, I just, it just feels like the wrong thing at the wrong time. And and something that I'm thinking about, I think I sent you a text about this, is that I don't want to be a collector of red flags. One is mm. enough. One is enough. You can make a scrapbook though. That'd be nice. Yeah. But I don't a want quilt. to be, a, I don't want to be a collector of red flags on this one. Here's my question. And this is probably for a very different episode because I don't want to derail this too much. Is one red flag too many or do you allow yourself like, like one, but when the, yeah, when they start to pile up, that's when it's okay. We need to pump the brakes. Like in the past, I would let red flags pile up. But in my relationship, I, my last relationship where I had a partner that believed that monogamy was a type of wood. It was so systemically bullshit. I realized how many red flags I will tolerate before it reaches the threshold of too much. So Mm -hmm. now I just think one red flag is enough because I think we're defining red flag as that moment where you just say, there are things that I will and won't tolerate. 
and we've reached the pinnacle. It's not that I don't like it. It's not like it bugs me. It's not like it gives me some high level of cognitive dissonance. It just makes me feel uncomfortable to sit in the space that I'm in. And for that reason, I am out. Right. I think that's where I'm at. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm so at. So what's your next step then? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to bitch and moan about it with you. Okay, good, good, good podcast content. <laughs> no, I, I think if I'm Jesus and I'm listening to this episode, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that the, the girl on the other end who has really been with you for a while is feeling like the, the defeated part of me is bigger than the hopeful part of me. And mm. I start to see like the, the pull away. And I don't think that there's, I, I, I lay awake at night and try to think like, what is it that he could do to help me here? And the only thing I can come up with is that if he really sat me down and was like, okay, let's make a plan of what your goals are and what my goals are. And let me honor those goals as being valid. I think then we might see a brighter future, but I think instead I, I see a series of doors and that feels hard. That feels hard. Anyway, not a very positive update. Definitely not, definitely not having group sex. So sorry guys. Yeah. yeah sorry guys. Well, I'm sure there's an app for that, Jen. But transitioning, <laughs> if you really want to. but transitioning into one thing that I think you and I are overdue to talk about. We got a tweet about this and I've been thinking about it since we got it. So we do read your tweets. Something that you and I are both guilty of doing, and it's been pointed out to us now, is that we, we are in the pursuit of love. We are obviously committed to the pursuit of love because we have a podcast about it, but we rarely make the time associated with that kind of love. And I've been hard on you because... Hey, you didn't hear about the 20 minutes on Wednesday that I spent swiping. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, but there's been more than one occasion where you've said, I yeah. met this guy, I want to hook up with him, but I can't do it this day, this day, this day, this day, this day, or this day. <laughs> and then people are like, "Um, hey, you two are always together on... <laughs> You go to the movies together, you're out together, and and maybe that time needs to be reportioned. And and for those of you who who have been really following the journey of this podcast and the growth of it, you'll know that we're on CJSW radio. We're on campus radio at the University mm -hmm. of Calgary. You can catch us there on on Wednesday on the first Wednesday of every month. Just so it doesn't become super creepy, I am not on the campus. Okay. I am not <laughs> I'm not there trying to Stop pick up it. people. Stop it. Uh, yes, he is. It's group sex and trying to pick up college chicks. Let's just get really, let's just get really clear on what Kyle is doing. Yeah, that's, um, that's totally my vibe. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and so we're on campus radio. And so as part of our promo, we had to put together a reel of all of our clips, which for me was a, you know, a Saturday afternoon of listening to you and I talk for the last 30 weeks or 29 weeks. Mm -hmm. And I am, was struck by how often you and I talked about how, how busy you are. <laughs> no, how busy we both are. And I've kind of been thinking about it this week. And, and I want to try to prove my point with an il illustration because I don't want to talk this whole episode because that's what I do every other week. So let me just ask you this. Let me just step back mm -hmm. for a minute and we're going to guide you through this exercise. This is where Jen, okay, the board certified life coach comes out. Here we go. Kyle. I trust you, Jen. I'm going to cross. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to fall backwards. And I know you're going to catch me. I am not. Um, okay. When we went to go see the psychic. In January. Yes. She said to you, get focused, Kyle. Get your ass in gear. Yes. Make a yep. list of 50 things that you want to manifest in a partner. And I know you did that. Yes, you did that, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
It was perhaps the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life. I literally frantically texted Jen one night. I'm like, I can't do this. It's too hard. I spent two and a half hours just staring at the screen, trying to pull things out of my, my head. And it really was. I really wanted to make a good, uh, good effort, good faith effort on this. But did you catch yourself starting to talk about things that you didn't want? Like, oh, I don't want someone that does this and this. You had to be positive about it? No, 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 no. I, I kept it in like the positive category. So I wasn't, I wasn't trying to cheat the system. I was like, I okay. told him to not, not, not be patient or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, now, but then after you had your list of 50, you had to whittle it mm -hmm. down to 10. Mm -hmm. And you have taken that process. Which is like another two and a half hour process. Like it, I, I took a long time. It was hard, hard for me. I'm impressed. I'm impressed because I thought when she was like, you got to make this list and you got to whittle it down. I was like, Kyle is not going to do that. It's more likely I'm going to be doing group sex than he's going to be <laughs> making that list. But you surprised right. me proving that you can. Mm -hmm. And you made your list of 10 things, right? Mm -hmm. I did. And yeah, now, it's right here in front of me. And now to close out the month of March. I was hoping that you would read out that list of 10 for us now. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. The 10. Here, what are they? Number 10. I feel like David Letterman. I was going to say, I feel like David Letterman here. In my left hand here, the top 10. The first one, I feel really stupid for including, but it actually does. It is important to me which is great hygiene. I want somebody who takes care of themselves, who, who cleans themselves. It's uh, yeah, great hygiene was the, was the one I put onto my list. Okay. Next was supportive of my goals. I do want to have someone there that is going to be a cheerleader in my, in my corner. Um, I want to be very clear that I would want to be the person I would want to be their cheerleader as well, but Yes, as far as a partner goes, I want them to be there to help support the goals that I hold important. Kind of the part and parcel to this was driven in their own career. So I want someone who is uh, super focused. They know what they want to do in their work and is driven to become as successful as they possibly can. <laughs> this is one that I actually kind of put on. First, it's a joke. And then the more I looked at it, the more I was like, no. And then it actually ended up being in the 10 that I picked, <laughs> which surprised me. So is, isn't embarrassed to dance in the kitchen. I think there's a broader thing to this here, but I think so often we forget to, you know, have those silly moments or have those sweet moments, whether it's by ourselves or in public. And I like the idea of, you know what, sometimes it's just us and we can kind of be silly. Next one was doesn't jump to fix it mode, which is also something that I sometimes do, unfortunately. But usually if I am coming to someone and being like, I am upset by this thing in my life, I need them to listen to me first. I don't want them to fix the problem. I want them to listen to me first. Okay, so that's half. Next was creative. Um, and that can be in however you want to define that, but creative, like whether that's uh, artistic or you know, create, it's a, discover solutions in a creative way. Creative is, is one thing I put on there. Patient was the other one. I think patience is something that I really, really admire in people. And it's the best way to get me to do things. Because as soon as people start like yelling or freaking out, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I dig my heels in. Uh, enjoys physical touch. That is the way that I show love to people. So I, I would need them to be able to receive that. The other one, what, or the second last one here is loves loving things i am stealing that from one of my favorite internet creators but it is 
something I see all too often where people who get like really excited about a specific thing or whatever they're nerdy about that they're made to feel bad about being really excited about it. And I don't want to be a, I don't want to be the person who yucks their yum, but I actually really enjoy that. I don't care if it's like model trains or whatever. doesn't matter. If you really love something, I want you to be able to share that and love loving those things that you love. And then lastly, there's a story you told here a few weeks ago that has really changed my perspective. And it really hit home to me. And it was the story you told about your husband when he proposed to you and him going to your parents first and asking for your hand in marriage, asking for their permission to, to yes, ask yes. you to marry them. And the one question your dad asked was, do you like her? Yeah. And that is, I think, the number one thing. I want them to like me as a person. Sure, the love can be there and you want to be in a relationship, but do you actually like me? Do you like being around me, doing things with me? Is that something that you prioritize in your life? So those are my, those are my top 10 things. <laughs> Anything you want to say about that, Jen? No. Are you crying? No. Okay. Um... Okay, so this is my point. This is my point. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think you'd prove my point so well, but you proved my point, which is that every single thing that you listed on this list, I am. I am all of those things. And uh -huh. I know how hard it was as a friend to get into your space. It was like trying to crack a nut every day and you think you get a piece of the shell and then two days later that piece of shell would be repaired and you just like back back to the starting point so this is my point that i'm making like is getting that, to fort knox yeah. is that i am all of these things that you just described and i had to work so hard to get through to a place where i could be a friend to you and i know that we joke a lot around like we're not friends and you won't say we're friends i know i'm your friend i know i'm your friend mm -hmm. the only thing that got me in was time it was the only thing that revealed all these characteristics about myself to you and the argument that can be made here is that you are going to need time to not just manifest these things but to let someone in enough and with enough frequency that they can show you all these things. Jen, you are hitting into something that is one of my biggest, my biggest worries in life because you're not the first person to tell me that. So I know it's something about my personality. Whether it is a friendship or a romantic relationship, I find that I can never go straight down the middle. I'm either one of two ways. It's either... I'm too nervous to say anything. And so it takes so long for people just to wear me down <laughs> to, to become a friend or I come in way too hot. And it's just like, what is happening? And it's like, I think we should really be friends because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, dude, you are coming on way too, way too this hard. This is on too this. much red flag. When, I, when I'm getting to know people, I don't want to overtake the conversation or be, come off as a jerk or anything like that. So that's a lot of the time I just push people away until I feel like I can reel them back in this is all to me to say it's like i know it takes time <laughs> with me and sometimes i don't give them time but it just comes back to the central question of how much do we sacrifice in the pursuit of love and now is the part in the podcast where you will ask me about my example what, what example do you have jen well on my side of the fence this is where i think 
my gender gets me into real trouble because I belong to a generation of we can have it all. I belong to a generation that is largely the recipient of the first and the second wave of feminism to bring a type Mm -hmm. of equality to the surface. I work in a post Me Too Time's Up era where the, the norms of behavior that speak to systemic inequality are coming down or being held to account, sometimes in an overly zealous way, but that's my own my own view on it. I am really the generation, the very first generation where we ask ourselves, like, can we have it all? And we've never been so close to being able to say yes. I intensely struggle with how to balance all of these seeds that I plant that then bear fruit, that that grow and bear fruit. And I want to take advantage of all of them against the fear of investing in something that doesn't turn a return on investment. I'll give you an example about what I mean. In the last year of my marriage, I was offered a very big job. It was the biggest job I ever thought I would aspire to in my life. And it demanded everything I had plus 10%. And one of the central reasons why I took that job is because I really felt like I'm failing in this marriage and I need to go to a place where I can be good at something. I, I can't stay here and fail. And a lot of people said when we were done that the biggest sort of nail in the coffin of our marriage was, you know, me prioritizing my career over top of my relationship. And I think for me, it wasn't a nail in the coffin. It was a defense mechanism to say, I have to be somewhere where I can be good at something because waking up every morning and being bad at something and doing the wrong thing and saying the wrong thing and not behaving, like not doing what I was supposed to be doing, which was so unnatural to me. And then I thought like, I'll never replicate this again. And then I replicated in my last relationship. And when I started to feel things slide there, you know, I went, I went back to school. I went and got a master's degree and I went to an Ivy League school, which was so hard. You know, when I was finished that, I turned right around and did a fellowship at another Ivy League school. And people were like, why would you invest in all of this when, you know, things are so shit at home? And I just knew this little voice in my head that was like, because when this crashes and burns, I don't leave with nothing. I leave with a degree and a fellowship and, you know, some pretty cool Ivy League sweaters that I can wear when I podcast with Kyle. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like sometimes I have, I have put in work or I have put in so many extracurricular things because I'm trying to block the energy of I'm not good at this and I don't want to be failing at this and just failing at this. And I think if you look at now what I've what I've built with Jesus, I'm doing the same fucking thing, which is just being like, I don't know if I'm all in with this. If I'm all in with this and it doesn't work out, then it's just another year or another two years or another eight years or another four years of my life that I tried so hard and left with nothing. And I think that there was a great, um, there was a great video that was made not too long ago. I can't remember where I saw it. And she just said the the worst part about something ending is that you just invest and invest and invest and invest and invest and then you walk away with nothing. And I think that that is my greatest fear. That is my greatest fear. And so the only way I can control that variable 
is to remove away the apex of time, right? I can just say, well, I just, I was still focused on my other stuff. And it is such a, it is such a bone of contention in every relationship I'm in. I mean, if you were to ask what is, you know, what is the single greatest thing that, that is impeding my success with Jesus, it would be time. I'm like, I have this, you know, political thing. I have another podcast. I have this podcast with you. I have a full-time job. I have other volunteer pursuits. If there's someone's running in a campaign, I'm running on it. I'm a guest on other podcasts. Like I drive this incredibly ambitious schedule schedule and 50% of the time it's because I want to know that if this if I don't find love and I wind up alone that I took it I at least found joy in the pursuits of what I was good at and it's 50% because I'm terrified of Jesus being like you know why don't you come and help me put my kids to bed and I'm like well I'm not good at that I don't know the stories and I don't know the songs and I don't know the lullabies mm. and I don't know the tuck-ins. And so I'm just going to go and manage this political pact and we'll figure it out. So that's where I'm at. That same, that, I don't know why that was so emotional for me. Let's, uh, let's just have me jump in the fishbowl now. No, let, let's fill well, that fishbowl, fill that fishbowl full of vodka and let's roll. I just, I, I, I guess I'm just trying to understand because there's, I think, two different things going on here i understand totally where you're coming from with time and grabbing all of something that you have actual control over and using that as a coping mechanism totally understand that at the same time because we're talking about time at the same time would you be willing to give up a career if it meant a great relationship and i think the answer is no no <laughs> just no and i think you. your so. answer would be the same and I think that you can't, you can't ask anyone that. And you know what drives me bonkers is that every piece of relationship advice that you find on the internet about time is always about like this whole universe of like, you know, pushing all your time and all your effort into your relationship and that being the way in which you find happiness. And I think that discounts people who have maybe gone to university for 13 years to make a difference. It discounts all the change makers. It discounts all the creators and the curators out there. It discounts all the community minded people. It discounts all the volunteers. It discounts all of the people striving to make something better. And that pisses me off because, and I, you've heard me say this, Kyle, Anyone who utters the words, it's not about having time, it's about making time, should immediately be punched in the dick. I can't say that more clearly than that. But I, I sent you a screenshot of this bullshit. Like, yeah, here's, some of, here's some of them. Don't force someone to make time for you. If they really want to, they will. I'd like to know how Al Gore's wife managed with that because he was single-handedly the czar of climate change. And I think she probably had to sacrifice a little in the pursuit of climate excellence. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Here's another one. All relationships have one law. Never make the one you love feel alone, especially when they're there. Say that to the CEO with 30,000 emails at the end of the day. That's trying to, you know, to keep an entire industry that faces red tape from our bullshit government alive and people employed and someone who's a small business owner fighting to keep the, the doors open to their business. Like, like, let's be pragmatic about this. L listen to this one. We make time for what we love. Pay attention. People will show you your worth to them. <laughs> Just, I look forward to all the letters that people are going to send in. Telling how unhinged you are. No one is always busy. It just depends on the, the, what number you are in their priority list. Are you kidding mm. me? 
Are you absolutely kidding me? This was written by a man who's like, oh, this is probably written by that bullshit Brody who's 21 years old. Who's like, don't rush it, man. Life will come to you. Just keep surfing. That's that guy. This guy's back with more bullshit advice. No one is always busy. Everyone is always busy. Find me a single mother who is going to push someone off a bridge to hear that. Right. Talk to me right, about right, right, foster right. parents and talk to me about people who are running community kitchens. They are always busy. OK, yeah, I am. Un- I am unhinged. I am unhinged. Well, and there here's, was like- here's the only they've been, and there's tons more of them here. But there is, I guess, my only rebuttal. There's like a kernel of these things that mostly, yes, are kind of like bullshit. Aphorism. Is that am I saying that word right? Aff- affirmations. Most of these are bullshit affirmations. Like, I get that. However. If you are in a committed relationship that's healthy, right? Like you're both something you continually say, like you're not two halves of a whole, you're two holes making up another whole thing. That's right. You're there for each other. You're there to support each other. You understand the stresses that each person is facing. I think where it comes down to is like when you are together, you are still supporting that person. It's like, hey, I get it. You're, you're, you're stressed and you're, you're busy. You have to get these things finished. Simultaneously, like there is a give and take here. We do need to help support each other you're not just over here in your own island there's ways that we can both help each other out through the tough times so but there's a reason why in this last five years we've seen so much of the rise of the power couple because i Mm -hmm. think those are people who are in step with one another that's like we are trying to do like you said number nine on your list you know the supportive of your goals and you're a cheerleader for them also and you're you're in a driving pursuit of those things in tandem, I, I, I think a strike of genius that I had when I was when I was married was my my then husband, now ex husband, said, "What we have are two. We are two people tied together running a marathon, and we're going to be fine so long as one of us either doesn't stop running or fall." And I think that is the adage of what what busy driven people are looking for. And like the imperative is like so far in my psyche because. You know, I have talked about this quite a bit. I'm the last Sanford. I really, I'm the right. last Sanford. You widen up that tree as as much as you want, and I'm the last one. And I feel a tremendous sense of pressure, not because anyone's put it on, but because I've just welcomed that pressure onto myself. I define the end of what this whole entire lineage is. And I want it to be something that makes all the generations that came before me very proud. And I'm owning all of that. And that is a driving, genuine pursuit for me. When I hear things like, well, you, you know, can't, why, don't you, why don't you just quit half these things? I fundamentally believe that big dreams pick their host. I've never believed, and people push back all the time on this, but I've never believed that we pick our own dreams. I've never believed that. I think that big dreams pick their host and they invest in their, their host, and it is the job of that host, the pursuit of life, the meaning of life, is the fulfillment of the dreams that picked you as their host. And that is philosophically- so dreams are viruses, and we must that, see them to fruition, is what you're saying. But that saying. is philosophically how I feel about, hmm. about the pursuit of life. And I, I have to attract energy that is philosophically aligned to that. I mean, the one thing here, before we get into the fishbowl, is like, we're hoping this back to me complaining that I never have enough time, which is something that I often do. It's true. Like, I could stop making commitments to a bunch of things, right? The groups that I'm a part of or the, uh, or the uh, fun nights I go out on, I could like really just refocus all of that energy into you know, finding a life partner. And there's part of me that does sometimes wonder why I don't do that. But 
At the same time, if uh, if a plan has already been made, I don't know. I would feel like the biggest jerk. It's like, Jim, sorry, I got a dick to jump on. I can't come out tonight. <laughs> and it's like, peace out. I think you're being more flippant than you than you realize, because I think you're the same as me. And where I'm at is I can't stop. I can't stop. I lay awake at night if I'm not in the pursuit of something bigger. And it is really impacting how I'm drawing people toward me. One of the reasons why I like Jesus so much is because he will, and he will be the first to say this. He's like, I'm a mediocre son. I'm a mediocre brother. I'm a mediocre employee, but I am a super dad. And he is, that is the one thing that I've, I've never seen anything like it. And I had an exceptional dad. I've never seen anything like it. He does like the bedtime and the, like the laying out and the folding of the undergarments and the, he sings the lullabies every night and packs the little lunches and he just does not miss a beat. And when I see how consistent he is and how he's like, this is my whole world and I live for this time. And when I see him like endlessly committed to like the home reading, I'm like, I've never seen a human adult so committed to the pursuit of a young person learning to read. It's all, it's all, it's crazy, like reading the blogs. And he, it is unbelievable. If we have been reaching for gender equality, let this man have a statue somewhere that is like the man, the man who achieved the home dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I go, well, great, because those are all of the things that I will be bad at. Those are all of the things that I cannot do. Those are all of the things that I just can't figure out. Can't do so or that's won't great. do. Because those are two separate things. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. But if I can be in the pursuit of, you know, driving, you know, systemic community change through political action, and he can be like, you know, helping with the math homework, have I created something that works. And just as I feel like we should just stop there and just say, you can send your hate mail directly to me at somebody date Jen and Kyle. That's Jen double N at gmail.com. I will undoubtedly be reading it because I expect it to come on mass. Let's go to the fishbowl, which is now filled with vodka. Just fill it with vodka, please. I'll take my own keys out here then. Uh, you know what? You're having group sex now. Leave them in. <laughs> Wait a minute, these aren't my keys. Wait a minute, those aren't the keys. All right, give me this fishbowl. Give me this fishbowl so I can empty out these cards and fill it with booze. (laughs) Here we go. Question number one. How much alone time is healthy in a relationship? Oh boy, are they asking the two wrong people. Okay, let's start with you, mister. I like to sleep in two separate single beds. Let's go. How much alone time (laughs) is healthy in a relationship? To be fair, it'd be two double beds. But secondly... (laughs) (laughs) This is a hard question to answer because I think it's going to be different for each couple. Yeah. As a supreme introvert, I literally need alone time to to recharge myself, especially if we've been out to like a party or to a group event. It's like I kind of need an hour to myself to decompress and then I'm good. But I, I just need to be by myself. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So whether that's for some people, you know, playing a video game, for some people that's reading, for some people that's resting on the couch, whatever it is, I think it's healthy to actually have alone time from each other, even if you're in the same house. If that alone time is really just being used to distance you from the other person or to shut them out of your life, that's, I think, where it becomes a problem and something to really dive in and talk about. 
it's hard. I, I, there's not a number. I can't give you a number as far as like, this is the, the number that is a healthy time to be alone. Yeah, I'm obviously not qualified to answer this question because I once broke up with a man because I was reading a super great book and didn't want to be distracted. <laughs> so I am not qualified to ask this. I mean, you got to know yourself. So you got to know yourself. But then you, this is why we date is because you have to call it out. And for people mm -hmm. who are on the receiving end of someone who wants to be, you know, alone a lot, you got to respect that um, that's the way they are. I find that this falls into the category of things you cannot change about someone. You can't be like, oh, if I'm super charming or if I'm super perfect or I'm super whatever, I can get them to spend more time with me. I think this falls directly into the bracket of people are who they are. And if they want to be alone or if they need to be alone, I think we don't talk about this enough. Like sometimes I just need to recharge my batteries. Like today I was, I was alone most of the day, most of the evening. I mm -hmm. rode my Peloton, you know, danced around to the Rocky soundtrack, ate some crackers, watched a Netflix show. I, I was happy to be alone. And that is just part of my brand. And I would be well-versed right. to find someone who is just like that. So I think I, any question that is asked, like the veneer of it is like, what's normal? I think there is no barometer to normal. I think you do what you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, it seems like men need more alone time than women. Is this just me? Mm. Is this true? And if so, why? You know, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I think uh, I guess I'm not enough of a, a specialist or knowledgeable in like the different ways men and women like interact with groups. I know that uh, you sent me this article here earlier this week, Jen, from the Huffington sure Post. Which I did glance through a little bit. I, I will not say I read the entire thing. <laughs> um, mostly because I didn't like the writing style, but uh, that's <laughs> beside the point. Uh, I, I wrote it. That hurts my feelings. Did you really? No, of course not. I don't write for having to <laughs> I was going like, to say, like, that really makes me feel bad if you did. <laughs> Can you imagine? You yeah. That'd be so savage. Yeah. It, it seems like, yeah, men and women kind of like... Men are okay with just including you because you're a man. So you can come over and like have that group thing and... And, and be fine by themselves whereas women have a harder time doing so regardless again i'm not an expert anecdotally i can say this i know a lot more guys who go off and do things by themselves than women do so maybe there is something something to this thing where women need to group up with with each other to go and have experiences and guys are just okay being like eh, i'm just going to do that by myself I'm the best example of this because I do not know how many times each week I read a new article or a new Twitter post about like, guess what? I went to the movies by myself. And let me tell you about this experience. I'm like, I've done this literally yeah. for 30 something years now at this point, or not 30, but <laughs> I've done this for like 20 something years now at this point. It's not a big deal. I do it all the time. I've never understood the idea where we have to constantly be with, with someone. I, I go to the movies by myself. I'll take myself out for dinner. It's not that big of a deal to me, but I guess I've just being solitary is also just part of my DNA. I do think that men have a tendency to do things that women don't enjoy, right? Sure. You know, there, there still are a lot of things that are pursued by men that are, are, are things that are not dominated by women. Like so what? I think that's, well, like we don't see a lot of like hunting and fishing represented with women. We, some women do it. Sure. Um, you know, golfing for the longest time was seen as like something that men do. I mean, country clubs were historically just spaces for men. So I think that a lot of activities, you know, and, and shopping and brunch was always kind of something that, you know, has a strong history mm -hmm. of something that collections of women and women of status do together. 
Now, of course, we're breaking down those gender norms and we're breaking down those stereotypes all the time. But I think there is something to be said about, you know, relationship rejuvenation, right? I, I've always said this. I would much rather be in a relationship where we have quality time versus quantity time, right? Time sure. apart is the time where you go and you collect your stories and you think about things. And, and especially, Kyle, you and I, you know, we don't like big fixers in our life. So sometimes, not to bring up the psychic every week because people are like, guys, this is getting long in the tooth. But remember when the psychic said to me, like, you like to disappear and then reappear? Like, that's part of your brand. That is absolutely what I do. If I'm trying to work through something or deal with something, I'll go underground. Even you've sent me an email every now and again being like, hey, we still doing mm -hmm. a podcast together? And that's just kind of how, how I'm wired. But honestly, I think the biggest thing is like, it's okay to go off and do things by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's totally okay. Totally. Remember that question we didn't get a question last week where they were like i want to know where my girlfriend is all the time or something right remember that psycho yeah, yeah. Oof, that's yikes. a weird red flag okay uh question three i'm always in oh probably was submitted by this person also i'm always in trouble when i don't text my boyfriend every day why do i have to do this i don't think we should have to text every day when we're not together but he's constantly disappointed not to hear from me you're gonna be shocked about what i'm about to say jen oh no <laughs> this this also is like huge like asterisk 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 it really depends on a few different factors like how long you've been dating are you living together etc cetera, etc cetera. but if you are in a committed relationship i don't think it's out of the question for it's like me asking you hey how was your day today what was good what was bad i'm not saying that you have to be texting every hour but just like a text to say like hey things are going okay this is what's up have a good night. I have no problem with that being a thing. Okay. You do you. No, let me give you a better <laughs> answer. Yeah, I mean, to each their own. It's not my style. It's not my style. I'm just like, I'll just, I'll just assume you're, I'll just assume you're fine. I always enjoy like hearing from someone, but the minute it becomes an expectation, I'm like a bear in a cage. I want out. Uh, so I have to be careful of these own, these, you know, these triggers uh, but I get I get caught up on this too. I've had I have had men who were like, um, "Hi, are you are you dead?" And I'm like, "No, I'm just working at my job." Yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I I don't think you have to be overly excessive with this. But a check in here and there is not bad. Especially, I will say, if you're traveling, I always worry about even like friends who I know are like flying down to somewhere. It's like just having that like quick check in and be like, "You you you arrived okay? It didn't crash into the ocean? Cool, great." <laughs> You know, th that's fair, but we have to look at the context of the question when she ends yeah, it with, yeah. he's constantly disappointed not to hear from me. Like, clearly it's an issue and clearly you guys have to talk about it now. Yeah, so exactly. it, it warrants a but conversation. I, yeah. And again, not to belabor this point, there's a difference between, hey, I didn't text you this one day versus it's been 10 days and you have not texted me or communicated with me at all about what's oh, going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely. And I, I remember when this question got put in the bowl thinking... I wish we knew more about the, but like, and then I mm. only text him like th three times a year. I'm like, well, you're not in a relationship, but it sounds to me like they're, their boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems like he's looking for that. Like, Hey, good morning. And she's like, Oh, uh, hi. Hi. So I think it's important to talk about it. Let him have a chance to talk about how much, you know, he wants to hear from you and why he wants to hear from you. The other thing we don't know is what his motivation is. 
right? Like, is there a salacious motivation? We don't know anything about this relationship, so we can only judge it on its face value. I guess all questions are like that, but... But let's create some fan fiction around this question here, Jan. Maybe he's <laughs> super controlling. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, question submitted by Ike and Tina. Uh, okay, uh, question... <laughs> sorry, that's terrible. Question four. Hi, I'm 42. Thanks for having okay. this podcast. I think some of the advice you give is shit, but try my question. <laughs> Hello <laughs> to you too. <laughs> Hello to you too, man. They say if you don't spend time with your partner all the time, you can't build a strong foundation. But if that's not how you roll, then you've built a foundation on a faulty premise, right? Well, as much as I think there's kind of a jerk way to open up your question, I yeah, kind of thanks, agree Dave. with you. <laughs> yeah, probably Dave. Uh, I can kind of agree with you in a way. Um, I'm going to go back again. To something you just said, Jen, which is, I think quality time is better than quantity time. Mm -hmm. Just spending time with each other. I know for me, again, can only speak from my own personal experience. If it's like, hey, we haven't spent a lot of time with each other and we're like, I don't know, quote unquote, like we're just sitting on the couch and not really doing anything, like passively watching television or, or whatever. That doesn't feel as vital. Like I could be doing other stuff versus something like hey let's have a we're actually talking with each other we're having a conversation with each other or we're going for dinner or we're doing so we're going and doing an active thing with with one another so yeah i don't actually believe the whole thing is like unless you're spending like every minute of your day with your partner you can't build a strong foundation i think that's bullshit but yeah make sure that the time you are spending with each other is actual like you are making quality time with each other i think that there's there's something to be said about a strong foundation and an honest foundation it is so vitally important that you are honest in the first in the first little bit of a relationship i i think that you have to be the greatest authentic part of yourself and if part of that is i like to spend a lot of alone time you have to be honest people have to know what they're getting into you know i'll just give you an example about valentine's day because this is kind of a worthy story so you know me kyle I like plan out outfits. I like have little things. Kyle and I have a bunch of things, engagements coming up. They're already in mm -hmm. the closet paired with their shoes. We're ready to go. I like to make a fashion statement where I can, you know, looking good and looking appropriate is so important to me. Jesus is a mess. He's a mess. He's like, every day is a soft pants day. Every day is a no bones day. We're still on that trend. And <laughs> He shows up to pick me up for Valentine's Day. And I just, I just want to say, like, I, I waxed every hair on my body. I wore a dress that was so tight, I had to wear two pairs of Spanx underneath. I, the hair was did, the makeup was, I watched five tutorials to just do the makeup just right. Everything, to me, was pitch perfect. Jesus shows up in jeans and a shirt and a red Axl Rose bandana tied right around his forehead. And we go out for dinner to this super fancy steakhouse. And do you think people are looking at me in that restaurant? No. I could have been wearing a gunny sack with a belt and pool shoes. And everybody was just looking at the reincarnation of Axl Rose and this red bandana, which he's like, I'm doing great because it's Valentine's Day. So it's red. Well, it's so, honest. Wait, is the, it's honest. Wait, yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. Like, are you, uh, are you upset because of 
that is who he is? Are you upset because he didn't try and do something more? No, I'm, I'm not upset at all. The point that I'm making is that I just stared at that band, which I have to say over the night became looser and then went vertical. And then at some point it was like a kind of almost like a bandana crown at the top. <laughs> and I was just like, this just, it just keeps getting worse. But the thing about it is that since the beginning, Jesus has never sold himself to be anything other than what he is which is a little bit of a mess and kind of a train wreck and kind of like a, this is who I am. I'm at this super fancy steakhouse. I'm a mess. I'm like, it's authentic. It's authentic. Like what you see is what you get. It wasn't like in the beginning, he was like, here is me in skinny jeans with Cole Hans and, you know, nice, you know, Johnston and Murphy shirts, you know, tucked in. And like, it wasn't like there was all this posh. And then he just woke up one day and was like, I'm done trying. From the beginning, he was really like, I like to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable. I don't like to be dressed up. I don't, I think these bandanas are the best thing to ever happen to fashion ever. I don't know how <laughs> people come to that conclusion, but he does. He's just sold himself to be who he is. And we have built our relationship on a good day, relationship on a bad day, on the premise of being authentic. And, you know, the <laughs> we took a photo. And so my mother commented because, of course, she, is like mortified. She's like, why would he do that to you? Like you're a nice girl and a proper girl. And why would he do that to you? And my thought was because he's trying to give this symbol that you can't change me. And I'm giving every symbol back that is like, well, you can't change me either. I'm not mm -hmm. changeable either. I will next Valentine's day. I will do the same routine again, only more. Because dressing up and looking gorgeous and looking, you know, trying so hard the for Jesus. the first that you have now acquired. And <laughs> That's right. Is, is so important to me because it's authentically me. Jesus waiting in the bathroom for 90 minutes while I decorate myself mm -hmm. is the honest, authentic future he has ahead, ahead of himself. So I think, especially like this question is being asked by a man that's 42 years old. You know who you are. The bells and whistles of, of trying to even probably put yeah. a presentation forward probably isn't even possible at this time. So let it be a lesson for people who are looking to find love. From two people who can't find it, you have to be authentic. So you have to build a foundation that is first and foremost authentic. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like you can't start a relationship at any age being something that you're not. It's just a recipe for disaster going forward. I will say one last thing. I think points for practicality for the bandana because you never know when you have to like hop a train car with all your worldly positions on a stick and everything yes. else in that bandana. Seems so, so functional. Live that bindle life. Or if someone gets shot in a turf war, right? Like you can use <laughs> it to tourniquet. stop the, yeah, it's Bam. a tourniquet, stops the bleeding. I feel, yeah, yeah. He orders the steak with the side of seafood. That's a lot of butter. Just take that thing off and it just is a makeshift napkin the like roses cover band needs a new lead singer boom he's there. he's there yeah see see what i mean i think we're on the same page next question how do i make it clear when dating someone that i want an all-in relationship when do i have that conversation i don't know what this means what is an all-in relationship i think what they're trying to say because they submitted it under this theme is when do i say like i don't want you to have a lot of alone time i don't want to have a lot of alone time i want us to be together all the time I mean, if that's an expectation that you have, it's probably pretty early mm -hmm. in the courtship, I would say. You're absolutely right. Is it a deal breaker? Yeah, I know it is a deal breaker. It really depends at the end of the day, too. What do you mean by all the time? 
because there's a practical like no like every minute of the day i need to know where you are and what you're doing which is i find creepy or or i want to spend like, all my time with you it's i think it's the, the most right simple iteration of that which is that when, if you are when you're done if work you, have, you come home and we spend yeah. time together right yeah, yeah that's right so yeah early but uh don't yeah i i think if it's a deal breaker for you you have to have it sooner rather than later but i think you also have to i think every relationship ecosystem demands something different like who i am in each relationship i've been in is very different so i think you have to kind of just like let it unfold and that that need may that need may be met without you having to have a conversation at all. But I think if it's if it's something that's not jiving after ninety days, I would have the conversation. But I wouldn't say I want an all in relationship. Good God, ninety mm-hmm. percent of the population would run for the hills at that. Wording it like I want to spend as much time with a partner as I possibly can. Do you feel the same? And create yeah. a lot of safe space like... for them to be honest. Right. If you want. An all-in relationship. I feel like they're gonna cash out their chips. I don't know. Some people are. Some people are. Well, some people won't be. That's for their that. dream. That's their dream. We're just a lo- people who like alone time, so we're so biased. How do I stop being so clingy, Jen? I feel so dumb because only very recently, like in the last few years, I discovered this thing, <laughs> this product called fabric softener. And it really helps it, especially in our dry climate here in Calgary, where That's things right. like static cling all over the place. It's really uncomfortable. So, so fabric softener. Yeah. Bounty. Again, this is going way outside my lane. But if it's becoming a problem in relationships, by the sounds of it, it is because you're saying you want to stop it. Because I'm assuming the relationship you're in, you're getting feedback on this or relationships have ended in the past because of this issue. I think you might have to look internally about what it is that you're looking for. Meaning usually cleanliness is something to do with like not feeling comfortable with yourself. So sometimes it is uh, something to work on with yourself or with a therapist or something like that. Yes. I, I have really good advice for this. So this is it on the question of how do I stop being so clingy? Just stop. Oh, Jesus. Jen, <laughs> hey, how do I stop being an alcoholic? Oh, you just stop drinking. Just stop. That's all you do. Just stop. Yeah, but if, if, effectually, that's how you stop. People who are clingy are clingy be, for one of two reasons. They either don't trust or they don't have enough self-love to sustain themselves mm-hmm. on their end of their bubble. And both of those things require you to stop behavior that speaks or gives in or weans into one of those two things. If you're not a trusting person, you're not ready to be dating. So please excuse yourself from the ecosystem. And if you don't have enough self-love to sustain yourself, you also shouldn't be in the dating ecosystem. You need to step back and you need to cultivate that. People will find you doing the things that you love to do. So get to the business of doing those things and you will draw in the right energy toward you. So stop. You know, I hired those trumpeters, especially for this question, Jen. So you actually owe them money before they leave. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. One question here in this bowl. I know my partner needs some space, especially when they're stressed. How do I respect this while still showing them I care? I love this question, by the way, because this is like, how do I love at a distance? Well, (laughs) true enough. I mean, 
I feel like every answer this week has been the same thing. It's going to be one of those things where you're going to have to ask your partner how they want you to show that. Because I agree. I think sometimes when people are stressed, they don't want someone jumping in and like smothering them with love too quickly or finding a solution to their stresses too quickly. They need to stew on it for a bit and then be brought in with that that other partner. So if this were me, in my case... I would just want the other person to be like, listen, I'm here for you when you want to talk about it or I'm the shoulder for you to lean on. But yeah, go and have your 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 pity party for the next little bit until you need some help through this. Yeah, Um, I think answering this question means that, you know, what their love language is, right? Like, Kyle, do you know, are you familiar with the five love languages? I can't say them off the top of my head now. I know there's one like gift giving is one and touch physical touch is the other one. And yeah, there's other two I know. Words of affection, acts of service is, is, is two more. And then I can't think of the last one. But I think you have to know what your partner's... Lo- <laughs> I think you have to know what your partner's love language is. And then I think you need to lean into it, right? I think Kyle tripped into this when he was talking about his 10 things. I can't express this enough that you have to manage the fixer in you, especially if you're dating someone who has an independent streak someone who's very creative, someone who's analytical, someone who's introverted, you absolutely have to say like fixing this problem for them is probably just going to add to their stress level. And there's something to be said about these three sentences. I hear you. I see you. And what you are and what you're experiencing has value to me. There's something to be said about those words of affirmation that I think can go a long way. So if you can manage the fixer in you, And you can get to the business of figuring out what your partner's love language is. Like if it's physical touch, maybe it's just a hug here and there. And you keep the space really quiet and really silent and you just, you know, hold them gently. You're incredibly gentle with them. If it's words of affection, you just say, I I know that this, I know you're going through something. I'm here to listen. I love you. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. If it's gift giving, maybe you leave a little note in their, in their lunch or inside their laptop that just says, Hey, love ya. Smiley face. And learned how to draw a dog. This is what it looks like. <laughs> like, just try to just say, like, I'm, I, I see you and I'm standing beside you or behind you. Or if things get really bad, I'll be standing in front of you to block the wind. I think that there's something to be said about just keeping that space, just holding that space. That would be my advice for that. And I'm someone that's very good at this. So I think that that's a, I think I speak from somewhat qualified way. Kyle, what's the burning question this week? The very question this week, Jen, is coming from Dr. Roberta Shaler, who is probably the expert on toxic relationships. Uh, She recently said this, most couples make the mistake of giving each other the remains of the day. Good movie. They're left over time (laughs) after every other relationship task has been attended to. This is not only backwards, but destructive. Stellar partners give each other prime time and make each other their top priority. Jen, is this bullshit? Yep. Sure is. Sure is. No. I think that this, like, who, who, who is this person that is like, I'm giving you prime time? Who is this self-made billionaire with no kids, unemployed person with no hobbies and no citizen activism? Like, who is this person? Who out there? I, I'm just, I'm genuinely asking the people listening to this podcast, who out there is giving their partner the prime of the day. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Better question. Who out there is getting their partner's prime of the day? Like, I just feel like this is like so aspirational 
that it uh, true just, enough, it but just I guess negates reality. I'm going to push back on one element of this. I'm going to push back on you a little bit because I actually don't think this is completely bullshit. The, the, the setup to this I agree with, which I think too often I'm so stressed. I've been at work all day and I'm going to give you these five minutes before we go to bed. That's our time together that we're going to spend. And I don't think that that's fair to the other person too. I think this is all about, not to say averages, but like making sure that the, the scales are not tipped too far in one direction. I don't think it is tenable or even expected that you're giving your partner the prime time of your day every single day of your life. At the same time, I don't think it's reasonable for it to only be the dregs that you're giving your partner every single day either. Listen, I don't think she's saying what you and I are trying to connotate. She's saying the thing that I think about is I had a friend named named Brent. I had a friend. He's still my friend. He's still alive. Brent. <laughs> sorry. I, I always introduce people like they died. The past tense. Yeah, that's right. All my friends have died mysteriously <laughs> after I visited them. Brent had this situation where he was in a he was in a marriage and he was like, I think it's going great. One of those ones where you think it's going great. And then he got a letter one day at work from his wife. And in the letter, she said, I'm just writing you a letter because I feel like if I were to talk to you about this, you probably wouldn't hear me. So I just want to take an opportunity to catch you at work and just chat with you and just to say, like, I'm extraordinarily unhappy and I'm unhappy mm. to the point where I think we shouldn't be together anymore. And I feel like I think about us being apart more than I think about us being together. And I feel like that would be information that might blindside you. And I want to treat you with some dignity and respect when I tell you the reasons why. And what it all boiled down to was that the time that Brent was able to give to his partner was not prime relationship time, like not prime of the mm. day, but it wasn't prime relationship time. What it was, was the, the culmination of the dissatisfaction of the remainder of the day. So he would come in and it would just be like, I'm mad about work, traffic sucked, and their kids mm -hmm. would just like clench right up because they knew dad was coming home and he was going to have a problem with homework and a problem with a mess and a problem with everything. And then a problem that supper wasn't ready and a problem that, you know, that he couldn't find what he was looking for and a problem that there was and a problem that there was a problem. And it would just be this bullshit energy until they went to bed. And then he would try to make up for it by being like, sorry, I was so cranky. Here's a wallet. I bought your wallet. Mm. Right. But his wallet, his wife, this wallet, it was filled with cash. And she was just like, I don't want this. Like this feels like a consolation prize that excuses your bad behavior. And so the remedy that that Brent had was he put a box by the door. It was crazy. It was a moving box that was by, they had this gorgeous home and he had this moving box there, which over time weather really was not friendly to. Brett would come home. This is not a word of a lie. Brett would come home and he would go up the stairs and Brent would stand in the box until he had let go of his anger, his frustration, his impatience, all of the dregs of the day. Sometimes he said he stood in that box for like 30 minutes. The neighbors were like, what is happening in that box? He would just stand there. And then when he was ready and he had taken a deep breath, he would open that door and he would be the best version of himself for his family. And you listen to his family talk about it, especially his wife. And she'll say, it was exactly the person that I had signed up to be married to. And then it made everybody better. Then the kids yeah. were better. I was better. Everything was better. So if this is what we mean by giving ourselves quality time, 
I'm I'm in it to win it. I'm not in it when she talks about the leftover time. I love that story. That's a great story. And I think that's I think we're kind of communicating the same thing. We might disagree on a few specifics, as you heard throughout this episode. But uh, I think that if we are in a relationship, we have to respect the other person enough not just to unload on them either. Yes, we have to have alone time to re- reorder our thoughts and like uh, calm ourselves down sometimes or just, you know, you just need to be by yourself if you're an introvert. But you still have to allow that other person to have the best version of you at times, too. I mean, I still think this quote is bullshit. It could be way more clear, <laughs> but I think it's about the time that you give when you're making the space. Is it quality space or are you bitter about the space that you've created? Are you resentful of the space that you've had to create? Do you wish you were somewhere else? I think if you're going to make space, you have to make space with the intentionality that should impress everybody, including yourself. Well, Jen, I value that you are a stellar partner who gives me their prime time each and every Friday night. So if you want to be part of this stellar dream team of a podcast... You can get in contact with us in a bunch of different ways. The primary way is to go to our website, which is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. That's where you'll find the question of the week, where you can submit questions to the fishbowl. You can also hit us up on our socials, which is at somebodydate. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and as you heard, TikTok, because I am TikTok famous. Thank you for joining us this Friday night. Such a pleasure to be with you. We'll see you next week. In the meantime... Stay safe out there. We'll see you soon. Have a good night. Bye.